and welcome to the wrap-up session for Season 4 of the Inclusion Solution Live. I'm your co-host, Gabby Gonzalez, here with founder and CEO of The Winters Group and lead author of Racial Justice at Work, Mary Frances Winters. Mary Frances, how are you feeling as we enter this final stretch? Yes, this has been a great season, and I hope that our um, listeners um, think so, too. It's been really exciting to have some really great guests on um, with us, you know, people who are not with The Winters Group, but um, who we've worked with. So it's, it's really been a really good season. Um, and I am sad that we're wrapping it up. However, uh, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Me too. It's bittersweet. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited, though, because we, we do have a special guest today, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, but it's nice to kind of you know, go back and review all the great people who you know, have been on as guests. What are some highlights for you? Oh, there are just so many highlights for me. Um, I think that one of the highlights um, was Lorraine Orr uh, from the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And we had her on our episode um, talking about leadership and leading um, mm -hmm. from a racial justice lens and racial justice perspective. And she's been a leader for many, many years with the Boys and Girls Clubs uh, of America. She is like, their chief operating officer. And, you know, that's a huge organization. But what she told us is that it's really important to be authentic and it's really important to have honesty and integrity. And if you come at the work and if you come at your work uh, from that way, um, that that is in, in essence, justice center. That, that's like, for me, that was like the core, right? You have mm -hmm. to be, you have to um, have integrity. You have to be honest. And as a leader, your willingness to um, be vulnerable and show and come as your true self. So I thought that that was really, um, really uh, exciting. And then um, Celeste Warren from Merck, um, she's the chief diversity officer at Merck. And we had her on talking about um, HR systems and how to make HR systems more equitable um, and just. And this word interrogating, which bothers some people, you know, to interrogate your data, because I think interrogating takes it a step further than just analyzing your data. Because when you analyze it, so you're looking at it, you're looking at trends, but when you interrogate it, you go even deeper um, to say, you know, why, why is this happening? And even when your sample sizes may be small, because oftentimes when we look at data, we're looking at these big data sets and we're looking at trends and we're looking at statistics. But I think what Celeste um, talked with us about was really going deeper to really, like if you have disproportionality in your um, turnover, right, to really go to every, go down to every single person to look at why did this person leave? Why did this person leave? Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot longer but at Merck, um, and at Merck, the other thing that was really exciting for me uh, in talking with um, Celeste is that she wasn't afraid to use the language of justice. And we find sometimes that um, big organizations, um, you know, traditional organizations, kind of shy away or from, from that language, and they want to use language that perhaps is uh, more what I call happy language. Um, but with this work, sometimes you have to use the, the sort of hard, um, direct language that gets us to why do we have these disparities? And so for someone like Celeste, who's been in the HR space and been in the chief diversity officer space and to be in an organization that um, allows, I wouldn't use the word allows, but allows her to uh, be authentic in herself uh, because she talked about her background as an African-American woman and her background as a woman of faith. and Mm -hmm. in the black church and so she's able to come at the work from her authentic self and also you know like really really um dig deep and 
how Merck is providing that um, platform for her to do that. So that was another one for me um, that I thought was really great. And then speaking of data, Pam Abner is, um, I know she's the vice president of diversity, equity, inclusion at Mount Sinai Hospital Systems. And she was talking about um, data from the perspective of justice-centered approach to collecting data uh, from patients and actually going into the community and actually asking the communities the kind of data that they should be collecting, asking the community. So not assuming mm -hmm. we want to know this from our um, communities, but saying to the communities, what should we know about you? You know, so turning turning it around to what's important to the community. So those were three that um, really, um, stood, well, they all stood out for me, but those were three that, um, and I know that um, I had invited those three, you know, as guests because we've worked with them before and I've personally worked with them before. So I thought those episodes were fantastic. And those listening to this episode, if you haven't heard those episodes, um, please um, feel free. Uh, we'd love you to go back and uh, listen to those episodes. So which one stood out for you? I've just been talking away here, Gabby. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> so which, which one stood out for you? Well, I, speaking of our guests, I also love the episodes with, um, there's the one with Natasha Miller-Williams and Greg Guadotti from Ferrara. Oh, yes. Um, they were, yes, they were talking about, you know, how to be inclusive in marketing, um, as Dr. Megan Larson pointed out in her chapter, right? Um, and then we had another episode with Beth Zemsky of Zemsky and Associates Consulting, and that was an episode with Dr. Terrence Harewood talking about tips for taking a developmental approach to racial justice. And I really loved how they, they broke that down um, into all the, the different um, steps. Uh, and, and just again, all the practical advice that we keep getting from our guests, that's always something that stands out to me. Um, but to be honest with you, I loved every episode with all of our authors too. So I just wanted to shout out, you know, all the authors who appeared on our episodes. So that includes Lee Morrison, um, Dr. Megan Larson, as I mentioned, Thomas Subramanian, Caitlin Peterson, Rochelle Yunan Montgomery, Scott Ferry, uh, Dr. Terrence Harewood again, um, Kevin A. Carter, Marisha N. Reese, Megan Ellinghausen. Just thank you, thank you, thank you all for being on the show this season. Um, and then, you know, one thing we didn't get to talk about yet is our cover. So we have a very special guest joining us today. Mary Frances, would you do the honors of introducing her? Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Crystal Nicholas is a senior financial analyst at the um, Winters Group and has been with the Winters Group now for five years, going on six. Five years. Uh, and, and in addition to being the senior financial analyst at the Winters Group, um, she is also um, a very wonderful um, uh, media multimedia um, artist and is responsible for our cover. So Crystal, why don't you tell us more about yourself, um, you, a little bit about your background, um, and particularly, you know, about you as an artist. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I am Crystal Nicholas, um, born and raised in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I came to Charlotte, North Carolina for college. I do have a bachelor's degree in finance um, and haven't left since, so been here ever since. Um, when it comes to art and becoming a self-taught artist, I actually started, um, I would say about five years ago. This is actually after I had my first daughter. Um, and I kind of found art to be something that was therapeutic for me. So I needed kind of an outlet 
I feel like as a woman, as a female, as you get older, you know, you become all these things, you have all these titles, wife, mom, and you kind of lose yourself as an individual. And so art was something I always loved and I revisited it during that time. And I found, wow, like this is actually a release for me. This is something that's um, very enjoyable, you know, and something that once I found myself sharing with other people, they enjoyed as well. And so that's kind of what kickstarted this. Um, I started off with just paintings that I would put around my house. I would post them to social media. You know, people would inquire, hey, can you do one for me in this color? And it kind of took off from there. Um, so I've been, like I said, that's been about five years now. And just my, um, you know, my techniques and everything have grown. I've done more research um, to create art that's very unique and different. And um, that's my goal when creating is, you know, that you find a peace of mind that doesn't look like anyone else's. And so when it comes to this particular cover art, um, when Mary Frances actually gave me the opportunity, and thank you, Mary Frances, I do truly appreciate it. Um, she wanted a colorful abstract background. And so that's kind of how we started with making different colorful designs abstracting backgrounds. And I think, Gabby, you may have been the person who brought the idea of faces. And so just different people. And so we was like, you know, I thought to myself, you know, how can we take this, you know, still keeping with the colorful uniqueness um, of that background, but incorporating individuals. Um, and the significance of that cover is that the people don't have faces. And that was done intentionally so that readers can, you know, envision themselves. This book is one that is for everyone. Everyone can find something and take away from this book. And so the goal of the cover was to show that. And so creating unique characters with no faces, but different hairstyles, different hair textures, different colors was intentionally done so that everyone can kind of find themselves on that cover, or at least someone you may know. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely eye-catching, that is for sure. Um, so it sounds like creating art has, is, has been very therapeutic. It sounds like a major part of your self-care. What yeah. other tools do you use to fill your cup? In other words, like how do you take care of yourself to ensure that this work is the work that you do is sustainable? Yeah, so when it comes to art, I think especially with the growth in social media, there is like this stigma around artists that you have to create like every day. Every day people want to see your creative process, what you're doing, new pieces. It's almost like you're a machine and you have to like kickstart all of this art. Um, and so for me, actually focusing on peace and rest is really important. I do take breaks from my art when I feel overwhelmed because it's something I really enjoy and I don't want it to become um, you know, overwhelming or something negative in my life. I don't want it to be stress um, producing, but more so something peaceful. And so I do take rest. I do take breaks from my art. Um, and then also spending time with my family, you know, spending time with those people that you love. I don't think you can put a dollar amount on that. That's just something that um, comes naturally and is really important to me. Um, I am married and I have two little girls um, who are just the light of my world. So, you know, spending time with them and my husband, finding things to do on the weekends, um, that's really something that's really important to me. And that's another way that I fill my cup so that my life isn't constantly around art, but it's still something that I find joy in. Oh, that's, that, that is wonderful. So how do you get your inspiration for, um, 
for the pieces that that you do? I mean, where does that the and and the different media that you use? Oh man, so inspiration comes from so many places. Um, I am big on home decor. So that's one of them. Um, I'll find different home decor pieces, rooms that I like, and then say, wow, those colors pair well together. You know, how can I create something using that? Um, I also have a favorite artist. Um, her name is Talia Stanton on social media, if you're familiar with her. Um, absolutely love her work. Hopefully one day I can own a piece. Um, but she's someone else who I find inspiration from. Her art is absolutely beautiful. She's really big on layering techniques and um, giving your art depth. And so that's mm -hmm. something that I um, try to recreate in my work as well. Um, and I think also nature. So I will go through different photos that I've taken throughout different activities we've done outside and find things that I like. And so when I create a piece, Normally I'm stitching together pieces um, that I've found from different pieces of art or photographs that I've taken and then kind of merging them to make one piece. So I do kind of plan it out before I actually paint for the most part. Um, and then sometimes my pieces are just top of the head random. <laughs> well, I have a number of your pieces in my house and I Thank absolutely you. love your art. I'm actually looking at the one right now that you did for the Winters Group 35th anniversary and you did a, uh, I, well, how would you, how would you describe it? It's, it's definitely a mixed media and you took some of the news clippings and news articles that had been um, written about me and you can made that into a face like a, a collage, right? Mm -hmm. I would call it a collage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, so that's a, um, a figurative piece. It's figurative art because you do see a shape. So there is the face there, but mm -hmm. it is, as you mentioned, a collaging technique as well, so that it does show those media clips and those pieces um, that reflect your success over time. Right, yeah, well, we are so, um, just so fortunate to have you as our senior financial analyst, because you know how to do those, get those numbers right mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it may seem to someone, it actually seemed to me at first that, huh, somebody who loves finance also loves art. However, yes, <laughs> those two things absolutely go together, right? Exactly. You might not think so at first. And it was wonderful to hear how you fill your cup and how, and I think art is probably one way of you to, to relax sometimes, but I love the way you were saying, but you don't want to make it stressful. So you walk away from that, um, mm -hmm. that as well. So thank you so much. And Gabby, how do you fill your cup? What That's right. We end each episode with this and we haven't really shared our own ways of filling our cups. Um, but yes, I, what Crystal was saying really resonated with me as far as spending time with family. That really fills my cup. Um, I've got my three-year-old son, Alex, and my husband, David. Spending time with them and our extended family um, is really is just something that really re-energizes me. Um, spe spending FaceTime with friends and, you know, actually going to see them in person now that, you know, the pandemic is is becoming part of the past, uh, I hope. Um, and, you know, just connecting with people, just, you know, a quick phone call or just texting them. Um, just connecting is something that really fills my cup. Um, but how about you, Mary Frances? How do you fill your cup? <laughs> yeah, so for you, Gabby, when you say connecting, I can absolutely, um, that absolutely resonates for me when I think about you. You're a great connector. <laughs> you, you, oh. you absolutely are, so that's great. Um, you know, I fill my cup. Um, I love to um, go be by a beach. And so as much as I can spend the time um, at a beach, I spend 
quite a bit of time in Barbados these days. Um, so that really just the, the sound of the ocean um, really relaxes me. Um, but when I'm not there, I am one for a, a great um, binging of, of um, a series um, that I probably three years old on Netflix because I haven't had time to watch something. So people have been telling me, will tell me about a particular series and I'll say, oh yeah, I haven't seen that one. So sometimes I will, you know, I will do that. The other thing, um, I just love flowers and um, I don't garden myself as much anymore because I have a back problem, but I have somebody who comes and plants flowers for me in the spring and summer. And so just um, sitting in my little, I have a little sunroom and sitting in my little sunroom and sipping a cup of tea and looking at my flowers um, just brings me a lot of peace and joy and watching the butterflies light and the birds come around. So just, you know, uh, being uh, in nature, um, you know, in that way. And I'm very particular about my flowers and, <laughs> and uh, the color scheme and whatnot. So that's, that's, those are the things that I fill my cup. And also with family, um, love to um, relax and uh, do things with, with family. Because we know that in this world today, with so many things that are going on, it's important to find joy uh, someplace, um, always and every single day, because there's a lot of things that are just very disturbing. So yeah, so that's how I feel my cup. Very good. I mean, it, since we're on the topic of self-care, I feel like now we need to tease that we, we do have a, a new mini series coming up on self-care. Is that right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Do you want to tell us tell us more about that, or is that the, was that was that it? That's all everybody can know. <laughs> right. That's like all you can know for now. But just know that we are going to have a um, you know a, a mini series coming up. It'll be season five. Um, it's our summer mini series on self care. Um, so oh. be on the lookout for that. And then I believe there's another great season coming up after that. Correct. There is another season um, after that coming up, and um, it is. Um, and in the empowerment um, season, and that season is going to be connected to um, a new um, offering that the Winters Group is going to have in 2024. We often hear, or I've heard for many, many years, um, that there is a lack of BIPOC in, in leadership uh, positions. And we want to inspire and empower uh, BIPOC um, to be themselves and bring their own uh, their own authentic authenticity to the table. We've been talking about that. A lot of organizations talk about that today. Bringing your authentic self. Um, and how do you bring your authentic leadership? So we kind of want to take that um, M power and change that E M around to M E me power. So what power um, do I already have? What's my innate power? And how can I use that in ways that where I can. Uh, focus on my own well-being, where I can feel whole and, and healthy, both mentally, spiritually, and physically. So we're really excited about that um, mm -hmm. series, which will start after the summer, <laughs> right? Correct. <laughs> which will start, which will start uh, in the fall. And we will have um, guests on that one as well, talking about um, their leadership growth, their leadership journey. And so we're really excited about um, that season as well. So stay tuned until next time continue to reimagine racial justice at work. It has been my distinct honor and pleasure to be your host for this season and to have co-hosted it with Gabby Gonzalez. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, Crystal, for being here with us on our final wrap-up episode. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity.